Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you are listening. Well, I want to introduce you to an MP in the European Parliament, and her name is Christine Anderson, and she represents some location in Germany. And the reason I want to introduce this woman is because she is um, kind of a voice in the wilderness there in Europe and is speaking very loudly uh, to some of the powerful interest over there and the globalist efforts um, basically that are going on with the WEF and and uh, the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, all these globalists, these rich globalists that um, are essentially they're worried about the planet, they're worried about the number of human beings on the planet, they're worried about how many human beings can the planet sustain, and they're I guess not willing to let this um, be taken by chance. In other words, uh, we can't just go ahead and continue to um, to survive and then see what happens. They're not they're not willing to wait and see what happens. They're, they they want to correct it, um, but the way they want to do it is they want to make your life very very small. Uh, or reduce it or eliminate it altogether. I mean, that's really uh, looks to be their plan. So I wanted to play a little bit of Christine Anderson today because she is speaking loudly in Europe. And oddly enough, she's speaking in Germany. And I've talked about this before, but a lot of people would often, you know, I'd get in conversations about not trusting government and so on and so forth. And, and a lot of people you know, really don't understand, they, they, they really struggle with how did Germany, you know, how did the German people let the Nazi government get so out of control and kill so many people and act so aggressively around the world? They, they, they really struggle with this. And what they don't realize is that this is how it's done. This is, it's little by little. It's, um, it's trial, test trial, see how it works and then you know a new test trial and they float these trial balloons and test certain things and then they back off and then they try to approach it from another vantage point and this is how it this is how it goes and and then once they get the people compliant enough and then they just start whacking you you know and then there's nothing you can do everybody's afraid nobody can organized at that point. Um, everybody's just fearful for their lives, for their families' lives. And it just, you just kind of go into this hunker down mode and wait till something happens to shift it in another direction. Uh, in the case of the Nazis, it was World War II and, uh, the allied powers basically just destroying Germany and, and then occupying the country and rooting out 
all these people that believed in that. And then the Nuremberg trials and everything, right? But, I mean, you're talking about massive destruction to root out this evil. And the easiest way to keep it at bay or to keep it from getting a foothold in the first place is to have free speech, is to have truth, to not have uh, manufactured narratives, uh, to not have manufactured consensus. This is what happened to us during COVID. And I promise you, they learned a lot during COVID, these globalists. And they are making plans. They are changing their plans as we speak for the next surprise they're going to spring on us. And the next surprise will be something that will be scarier. It'll, it'll drive people closer to compliance and drive out some of that individualism that, that kind of thwarted COVID. And it, it's going, it likely going to be devastating. Um, and anyway, I just want to play, there's a, a couple clips here from Christine Anderson. I want to play them and then I want to jump in every now and then and, and kind of add to what she's saying, because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of wisdom in here. Now, some of you may think, well, that sounds kind of crazy. Like she's, you know, very, uh, she sees boogeyman around every corner or something, but keep in mind, this is a, an MP in the European Union. Um, this is somebody that has, you know, power over in Europe and therefore a voice that can't be censored. And I, I think she's an important person to listen to. And so I want to I want to expose you to her here so you know who she is. The goal ultimately is to transform our free and democratic societies. Um, yeah, into totalitarian societies. Their goal is to strip each and every one of us of our fundamental rights of freedom, democracy, the rule of law. They want to get rid of all of this. And they're robbing us of our identity, whether it be our national identity, our cultural identity. They won't even stop to rob us of our sexual identity. The very core of who we are they don't even stop there. This whole COVID thing had never anything to do with public health. It never had anything to do with breaking waves. It always had to do with breaking people. I think this is right. I mean, I, I think it had to do with breaking people and to see where the limits were. You know, where could, how far could they push? Um, but... The thing that I think about is how these are the very same people that talk to us about these ideals, democracy, freedom, um, liberty, uh, human rights, things like that. So it's, it's very hard to understand how kind of they, they can square the, the circle around their ideas and, and, and what they're trying to do. And, the other thing I think about when I when I think about when I hear about stuff like this is I think about I, I believe these people think that they can still maintain their lifestyles as long as they diminish our lifestyles. But this is to me this is a problem that a lot of communist type people make. They think 
just because the world has all these things in it that make our lives better, it doesn't mean that you can uh, all of a sudden pull the ladder up and everybody sits around and does nothing. It, it, there's a certain amount of work and ingenuity and um, creativity and innovation that, that takes place just to maintain the, the lifestyle that we have, the Western civilization that we have. But I think somehow these people think they can just imprison all of us and still fly around in their jets and have a lifestyle. And I actually, I don't think that's actually possible. I think this is a, a misunderstanding of how things work on their part. So ultimately what will happen is all of us are going to be much poorer if they succeed in doing this, uh, making your life so small that uh, you you actually contemplate you're just not working anymore. I'm just, you know, what's the point? I'll just sit here and, you know, survive. And this is, I think this is the flaw in their plan. I don't think, um, I don't think people are going to, agree to be enslaved and they're certainly not going to continue to do what they do uh, with the same level of enthusiasm and ingenuity that they put into what they're doing now. So I think this is a, a fundamental flaw in their plan. I, I don't know what their plan is. I'm, I'm speculating. It's hard to understand what these people are up to, but they want to make us eat bu bugs. They're not interested in freedom. They're not interested in liberty. Uh, they're terrified that the planet is going to burn and all that they have is going to be consumed uh, by rising oceans and intolerable heat or something like that. In order to make us a part of a mindless, malleable mass, which they can totally control and we will be completely dependent upon this globalitarian elite. That's what they have in store for us. You're sitting in the EU parliament, but you can take any kind of international governing body or organization. It is no longer by the people, for the people. From now on, it will be by the globalitarian elites for the globalitarian elites and nothing else. Yeah, you know, I think I agree. The the experiment in self-government um, now has has failed. I mean, you've got guys like uh, Klaus Schwab who have completely uh, in uh, basically infected or have influenced negatively uh, entire governments, people in power, to, to do things on behalf of the uh, globalitarians, as she calls them, global elites, it, at, the, at the expense of their constituency. So, uh, for example, in Canada, you got Justin Trudeau, and as much as half of his cabinet have been captured by the WEF. And they're, they're doing things uh, to Canadians that Canadians don't want done to Canadians. 
And so uh, there is no self-government. The, the people have lost total control of their democratic governments. Uh, I think because of the nature of our government in the U.S., we haven't lost total control, but we are well on our way. And it, it's not going to matter, in my opinion, whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. These people don't care. If you're not in the elite class, you're going to be one of these slaves, one of these digital slaves, where the digital world and the surveillance world and the uh, central bank digital currency world are going to manage your life. And they're going to use AI to do it. But this is, this is kind of where I think they, the thing breaks down for them. I think they believe that they can go on living their lives the, the way that they go on living their lives. And what they don't realize is how complex the economy is. The, the matrix of production that takes place in order to deliver the kind of world that Klaus Schwab takes for granted is infinitely complex. And I think what they're going to find is that they're going to be on the receiving end of a extremely reduced standard of living themselves. Uh, this is, this is kind of the, one of the things that happens when, when, when you have something like communism or you, you take away people's individual incentive to own something, to have control of their lives, things like that, you, you basically, everybody becomes poor. It's not just the slaves that become poor. Everybody becomes poor, including the rich. So, um, yeah, I just, I just don't think this is going to work. Um, it, it may work initially. Um, they may be, they may be successful in corralling everybody into some sort of system that manages, um, manages them. But ultimately as people struggle to survive, they're, they're just going to quit and say, what's the point? At the end of the day, people do things for their reasons and there's incentives and nobody uh, wants to be a slave and enrich uh, people above them. Uh, not even for food. They'll, they'll risk their life to overthrow that. I mean, go watch some of these movies like The Hunger Games and some of that stuff. Those movies are about this type of thing. Uh, Elysium, um, The Hunger Games. Um, there's one on time where time is represented on your wrist and when it goes to zero you just die like a little explosion goes off in your body and your brain and you just die so there's all kinds of these dystopian kind of um, uh, movies out there uh, but if you notice they're they're kind of everybody has a reduced life and i think that's accurate um, and ultimately the the elites don't prevail right because the, the people living that reduced life are slaves and they know they're slaves and they just don't have any incentive to do much of anything. And uh, it's very, very difficult to maintain uh, the complexity of our society without people that have, uh, w that aren't able to exercise their self-interest.
this whole COVID madness, it was really just a test balloon, a test balloon to see how far they could go. And um, the lesson they wanted to learn from this was to uh, find out what needed to be done to uh, get free individuals in free and democratic societies to actually consent to being forced into compliance. Like I said, it was a test balloon. It started out with the digital green certificate. That was just something uh, to get the people used to having to show something wherever they went. So getting easing people like, you know, into that kind of thing. Um, and they have learned their lesson and they looked at the, all of the data, especially in the COVID committee where they repeated every single lie. Um, they looked very, very carefully at all of this. Um, and the next thing we will see is, uh, yeah, well, the establishment of uh, so-called 15-minute cities. Yeah, you better believe they have learned a lot with this COVID experience. They, they have looked at what's worked, what hasn't worked, and they're making adjustments as we speak. And, you know, these... One of the things I think about, sometimes people ask me, well, why would... Why would powerful people do this, Seth? I mean, what what is it that would... I mean, well, let me just ask you this. If they're doing it, does it matter whether or not you know why? If somebody's trying to kill you, do you care why they're trying to kill you? Like, a lot of people run around, they talk about hate crimes. You know, if, if somebody is shooting at me because I'm white... Do I really care that they're shooting at me because I'm white or just the fact that they're shooting at me? And it's the same thing with this, with this, uh, this elitist, this global globalitarian thing that she's talking about. It, it's not so important about why. We don't care about why. What we care about is we have our principles, individual liberty, freedom, freedom of speech, right to bear arms, whatever, whatever your individual liberties are, and we they, they shall not be infringed, period. Okay? It doesn't matter if they believe that the earth is going to burn. Okay? Just because you believe, and there's no evidence, by the way, of this. None. Zero. But I think what I want to say about this is just because a group of people, in this case, a lot of government people, a lot of think tanks, a lot of people that are on the dole, by the way, by governments around the world. Just because they believe that the planet's going to burn and oceans are going to rise because of ice caps are going to melt, it doesn't follow that they can take some people. It doesn't justify taking uh, a group of people that aren't in that class and reducing their lives to that of a slave. Okay, that's immoral. And, um, but these people feel justified because they're on the in crowd. You know, they're in the in crowd. They are uh, worthy somehow. Just because they have more money or they own more property or they have private jets or whatever their rationale is, they, they believe that they're in the right to reduce our lives so that their life can can stay as it is uh and then they can avoid catastrophe as they see it but 
as I mentioned earlier, one, there is no catastrophe. And two, if they do manage to do this, they're not going to have the life that they think they're going to have. Their life is going to be drastically reduced as well. Because you cannot maintain uh, a society that we live in today without a whole bunch of people working to uh, preserve it, maintain it, um, keep it going, so to speak. I mean, if you if you if you read Atlas Shrugged, this is very obvious. You know, people quit producing things. Next thing you know, you you can't get wire, you can't get things repaired. Things break down that leads to catastrophes. I mean, you just can't, there is no way to maintain the the civilization we have without everybody pulling on the rope. And to just think that you can put people in uh, little slave prisons and feed them crickets, you know, (laughs) you're just, you're kidding yourself. Uh, I would, however, urge you, do not call them 15-minute cities. They are 15-minute ghettos. Be very specific uh, in your choice of words to highlight what they're actually doing. Just looking at these concepts, um, they're supposed to make your lives easier, make it more comfortable for for the people, uh, reduce their carbon footprint. I mean, we are saving the planet after all, aren't we? Um, But it has nothing to do with this. Nothing whatsoever. It's about control. Uh, It's about, uh, yeah, pretty much imprisoning people in their assigned area. Why am I saying this? I mean, a lot of people may say, well, here she goes again, spreading, you know, conspiracy theories. Well, look at what they're doing. They're where they are starting to build these 15-minute ghettos, they're not starting by, you know, building schools or hospitals or, you know, leisure parks or none of that, no libraries. No, they start by erecting barricades and installing surveillance cameras. That is a big tell. So anyone telling me it's about making my life easier, yeah, right. Not for a single second will I believe this BS. Yeah, you know, you can't believe that kind of stuff. I mean, let me ask you this. Do you care about other people's comfort? And are you willing to work day and night to try to make your fellow citizens comfortable? No. You're you're busy making yourself comfortable. So why would these globetarians care about whether or not we're comfortable in a 15-minute city? They don't care about that. She's absolutely right. They're this is they're just selling it to you that way. What they're what they're trying to do is by force reduce your carbon footprint. They want to reduce how far you can go, how much you can eat, um, how much energy you can use, um, everything. And we we know based on some of the other talks we've had on this program. That energy, for example, is directly related to your standard of living. So just by putting you in a confined space and reducing the amount of energy you can have access to, that alone will reduce your standard of living. Um, it, it'll 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 make choices for you. Uh, you know, if the if the power just cuts off because you've exceeded your allotment, you know this is th- these are communist ideas, by the way. A friend of mine 
his parents came from Cuba. He, you know, he, he kind of, we were talking about it one time and he said, you know, my dad says, you know, you're surrounded by this, you're, you're on this Island, right? And you're surrounded by all this water and you think, well, I can fish for food, right? Well, the problem is there's no fishing line. There's no hooks. There's, you know, there's no nets. There's the tools that you need uh, to go hunt for fish are just not there. They're not in the economy. Uh, you can go take a branch off the tree and turn it into a spear and you can go spearfish, but you know, you'll spend all day trying to catch a fish, you know, get, we'll get one fish so you can eat. So this is, this is the problem with communism always is that it, it reduces, um, life to just a, a search for food, you know, search for your next meal, a search for your next uh, you know, pail of water so you can bathe. You know, the you just reduce to mere subsistence, and this is the goal. This is this is the goal of these people. Now, why why you know other than they think the planet's going to burn and the seas are going to rise? I don't know why. Um, more importantly to me is why do they think? that they can do that to the rest of us. You know, what kind of evil do you have to have in your heart that you think you can mistreat millions of people so that you could go on and live the life you want to live, but you live it off the backs of these millions or even billions of people? That is a, that is a very scary individual. And we have a lot of these scary individuals uh, at the helm uh, of, of centers of power all over the globe. It is coming. And uh, how will they control it? I mean, you know, well, very simple. They will not, no longer need electrified barbed wire fences all around this, this area. No, digital ID. That will do it. Take a look to China. That is our future. And I'm not talking about a future in maybe 30, 40, 50 years from now. No. It is going on as we speak. We're talking about, I don't know, three, four, five years tops. Look at Saudi Arabia. They're building the so-called Naom City. It is a structure 170 kilometers, kilometers long, 500 meters wide and 200 meters, uh, sorry, 500 meters high, 200 meters wide. And it will house 9 million people. If I wanted to gain control over 9 million people and have them completely dependent upon me, that's exactly where and how I would house them. In the middle of the desert with nowhere to run. It is in store for all of us. It will be the attempt to enslave and impoverish every single human being on this planet. That's what we're looking at and that's what we need to fight. And I'm really asking you, take a good look. Take a good look at your governments and do not assume for a single second, just because they were democratically elected, they will not inflict the worst atrocities on you. Do not believe that for one second. So this example that she talks about with Saudi Arabia is, is quite terrifying. She's talking about a structure 170 kilometers long, uh, 
500 meters wide and 200 meters high. And it's going to house 9 million people and it's going to be in the middle of the desert. So you can go anywhere inside that structure, but you can't go out anywhere. There, there won't be any roads to and from this place. It's just going to be in the middle of the desert. And if you want to escape it, you have to brave the desert somehow. You have to cross the desert. And this is, I guess this is how they're going to do it. I don't know. But um, what, what I think everybody needs to do is develop a very, very healthy level of skepticism for these elected, quote-unquote, elected governments. Um, you know, Canada is just a great example. Supposedly, these guys all got elected, right? But look, look at what they're doing. They're, they're meeting with Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. They're not doing, even though they were elected by their populations, they're not doing what their populations want them to do. They're doing what the WEF wants them to do. And so this is, um, I don't know how the WEF, you know, is so powerful. I guess the money, I guess the, you know, Justin Trudeau and the cabinet there in Canada just takes lots of money from these people. And because they're parasites and they don't know how to make money any other way, this is what they do. But look, I know you I know you know what I'm going to say, right? If we get rid of fiat currency and go back to an honest money, go back to gold, to go back to silver, something that these governments can't produce and borrow against. This we could stop this in its tracks. We could stop it tomorrow. There just would not be the resources. Uh, they wouldn't be able to tax enough money from the population. They wouldn't be able to borrow the money to do it. Um, you just simply would not have the resources to do this. Why do they have the resources? Why, how is it that Saudi Arabia can get so many resources to do this kind of thing? Well, Saudi Arabia is a little bit of a weird example, but um, let's say the United States is going to build something out in Death Valley like that. Where would the United States get the money to do that? Where would they get the the building materials and all that. Well, they would buy them, right? Buy them from the market. And some entrepreneur somewhere would sell it to the U.S. government. But the question is, is where do they get the money? Where do they get the money to buy those resources? Because those resources could be used for other things. But the government comes in and they, they, they basically print money to buy whatever they want from the market. And because, you know, people want to sell things, they gladly take the money. And in some cases, we're building our own prisons. Uh, that'll be the future. So anyway, um, hopefully this has gotten you to think a little bit. Again, you know, this is not a Republican versus Democrat problem. Um, this, is, this is an elites versus everybody else problem. Um, this is a... a an intervention on a massive scale. It's an intervention in the legal system. It's an intervention into the economy. It's an intervention into the very functions of Western civilization. And it's not going to end well unless we can stop it. 
And the, the, the first thing you need to do if you're going to stop this is you have to develop a healthy skepticism for government. We are not the government. Don't fall for that shit. The, well, you know, we are the government. I hear people say that all the time. Well, Seth, we are the government. No, we are not the government. The government is not us. Uh, it is true that we vote, but that's it. Uh, these people, a lot of times they take our votes once they take office and they do whatever the hell they want to do and they don't give a damn who criticizes them or anything. And they damn sure don't care about you or me. So I think, you know, we need to be very skeptical. Uh, our system has changed so radically from its founding that we no longer have a representative government and we have dangerous people in, in seats of power. And we need to be very, very skeptical. All right. Well, look, I hope you've enjoyed the program today. I want to thank you for coming in. Uh, come in tomorrow. Uh, come in the next day after. Come in every day after the next and, and listen. And of course, if you like listening, uh, share the show with a friend, a neighbor, family member, and help me build the audience trying to build up a bigger audience. So share the show. All right. Thanks for coming in. Peace. Stand up, get up, and fight already. Do it now.